Feet up with tax, don't know what to do. The Bryson's are here for you. We know every tip and trick. The serious tax talk with the Louisiana twist. Hello, and welcome back for another episode of Talking Tax. We're here today, Carrie Bryson and Angie Bryson. Hey, everybody. We're going to have a Serious tax talk with the Louisiana twist today. Today, we're going to talk about a topic I think everyone has heard about or is probably aware of the new Inflation Reduction Act. That lots our, of buzz on that. Lots of buzz days. that yeah. the Congress just passed. Uh, we're going to give you a little brief rundown of that. Uh, it's kind of some highlights. Right, like, how many times has, has your phone gone off? Oh. Yes, Since the Inflation Reduction Act. It's so funny. People you don't even know, really. You meet somebody in the street. Hey. hey, yeah. As soon as they find out your tax lawyer or Bryson Law Firm or something, hey, what about that new act? Are y'all going to yeah. be busy? Long lost college buddy. Yeah. Workout friend. Yeah. Many. Et cetera, et cetera. Many, many, many. Yeah. Anyway, it's pretty relevant, right? So let's talk about this uh, Inflation Reduction Act, Ange. Uh, you know, basically, I think everybody's heard Congress authorized the IRS $80 billion. Well, with billion. A B. billion with a B. That's a lot of money. Billion. That's a whole a lot, lot of money. money. Yeah. And what was the reasons for that? And how are the, how do you, what's the IRS saying how they're going to spend that money? The big points, right, are more 87,000 new agents, um, IRS employees over the next 10 years. You know, the question in my mind is how are they going to fill that many spots? They're not. It's going to take a while, right? But they're they're going to come. It's going to happen because they're trying to fill that tax gap, right? And yes. they're going to try to collect. Well, that was, the tax gap is six hundred billion for my cheat right. sheet here. Yeah, uh, but that was the whole purpose of that. Well, the tax gap is what they're not collecting right now. The potential of un, what's ongoing unpaid. So that's six hundred billion with a B. So they're going to spend eighty billion to collect six hundred billion pretty good return on investment, but they've got to pay 87,000 people to do that. Right. So that's, that's the big one. They're going to hire a bunch of people essentially. Yes. And then with that is going to come, what do you think? What do you think's coming first? Audits? Well, that's what they're saying. The audits, audits, audits are coming because there's yeah. audits have been down the last few years, as we all know, but I think the big buzz is what's creating the buzz armed agents. is, uh, well, the armed agents, but also with the audits is that Congress is saying that the audits are going to be for the high wage earners, mm -hmm. but the paper itself is, and the act itself, yeah. uh, if you read between the lines, it doesn't really say that. It doesn't guarantee that. So, well, they're saying um, uh, you have to earn 400,000 yes. or more well, to it, be subject to their, to the enhanced audit scrutiny. Yeah, but as history serves, and if you could look back at just what's happening in the past, we all know that the primary targets of audits are certainly not the 400,000 and above. It's a lot less than that. And I think most people think that that, that trend is going to continue with this new money. They're just going to focus harder on the middle class. Uh, well, from just our practical experience, you know, the audits come to people who are are businesses essentially that are self-employed individuals who have the ability, not necessarily that you are, um, to underreport income, basically. So that does that's not a four hundred thousand dollar necessarily 
you know, benchmark that could be anywhere way below that or, or over that. So, you know, I don't think that's a good indicator on who's going to be subject to audit. I feel like, and I've, that's the conversations I'm having with people who are calling me, which, you know, a lot of people, if you're self-employed, have a small business and they want to dive into your books and a questionable tax return with year after year of loss, potentially, or you're not filing returns, or there's some sort of trigger that it could be simple, you know, a late filing or an underpayment or an overpayment, you know, some sort of weird signal. And that's kind of the next component well, of funding, right? Yeah, Arti but artificial intelligence. But why, why you're talking about audits, though, the thing to remember is that we know the audits mostly start or generated by the computer. Paper. The, the computer's yeah. Yeah, yeah. the computer's examining the return, yeah. and something's something, uh, you know, is out of whack or out of line. It triggers the computer, oh. then it gets sent to the human. Oh, yeah. human looks at it. Yeah, and then then that's when the audit really begins. So yeah. when that audit begins, though, the problem is, I think for most taxpayers, the audit may be for one thing, but once they start. And the whole thing comes up. Well, I mean, we they have subpoena power. Right. They're looking for your. They're looking at your accounting records. I mean, you know, yeah. once that trigger. So it's a lot more. Yeah, it's Pandora's box. Yeah, it kind of opens up yeah. the can of worms. Right. And then you know, next thing you know, you're talking about how many times you drove to back and forth to work, and you know, where you kept logs. Yeah. And, how uh, many meals so, you ate, blah, 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 blah. Right. Yeah, right. And what was that travel about? And right. This and yeah. what was this expense for? And you have to go through everything, so it opens up everything. Yeah, I mean, uh, it, but that's what that's so, what the, the artificial intelligence component well, that's of this part funding of, yeah. is. So, right? so the other parts of the act, you know, just to kind of run down, because I think that you know, this, this, so it's eighty-seven thousand new agents. New agents. Right. There's also the what you've referred to the AI component. They're gonna ramp know, up their ramp up the computers systems uh, and their systems and their procedures, which you know, they need an overhaul. frankly need to be overhauled. Yeah. So that's a good, probably a good thing, yeah, it could help. at least for the country, maybe not for the taxpayers, but yeah, right. uh, yeah. they probably need that. And then the, there's also the virtual currency, the new, you know, the, the new cryptocurrency that the IRS is kind of behind on. And I think they're going to catch up now because they really don't really know how they're going to treat that quite yet. And I think they're going to figure it out here pretty quickly. So, and there's some that's other provisions. That's a whole podcast. Yes. Yeah, we, we can talk about that. Uh, another one, but and there's also some a little bit of good in it that we could talk about in a minute. But let's make sure we covered everything. The armed IRS staff, I think, is what caught a lot of buzz. Lots of memes about that uh, for us. I guess we deal with it. We know that you know there's a certain element of the IRS that's already armed, uh, armed or packing, or however you want to say it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, there's have their sunglasses and they're they're come. You know, well, they're, I mean, they're ready. They're, they're they're represented people yes. who are in investigation. Yes. And remember, I can remember. Years ago, back in the day, many years ago, there was actual the revenue officers, even not even the criminal side of it, the regular. Sure. They a few of those were carrying. Well, back uh, in the seventies and like yeah. yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. Well, not the seventies. I was later than that. I right? wasn't we practicing were... law in the seventies. No, we uh, were I don't think not that old. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> we uh, heard about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we heard about it. We were told about <laughs> it. Uh. But I mean that it's having an armed IRS agent is not, you know, to put some fierce the bed. That's not a. That's not new. Yeah. You know, it's just a matter of how are they going to use the the numbers, maybe, and the enhancement of enforcement in that way. Right. Maybe to me that is kind of a signal that they are going to ramp up the criminal enforcement as sure. well. Yeah. Which that that should be a concern for all because well you know the crimes are 
are significant and serious. And if they start, you know, really getting after and investigating those crimes, mm -hmm. then uh, it'd be a different uh, IRS that we, you know, we've become accustomed to for the last 20, 30 years. Yeah. So. Absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, so what are the good things? I mean, there's a few good relief provisions, I think some penalty relief stuff that they put in there. So uh, yeah, what I mean, happened I, there? So uh, one of the positives, if there are any in the act is that they're going to give some automatic penalty relief for late filing of returns, um, but due to COVID basically. So it's, there's no late, they're not going to, um, they're not going to abate penalties related to late payment. Um, but basically for, for late filing. Like failure to file. Failure, yeah. failure to file penalty. Yeah. Which is, I mean, that's five. It's substantial. Well, that's 5%. Up to 25% yeah. of the, yeah, it's up the tax. 5% a month up to, you know, which caps at, right. at 25%. Right. I mean, that's a pretty substantial penalty. And it's automatic, which is, you know, most penalty abatements in our world. I mean, I've never really had one just automatically done. You have to request. And this is going to, the way I understand that it, it's going to happen automatically. Yeah. It's just gonna and, the, and the failure to file, I mean, everybody knows the filing deadlines. So it's kind of a hard, it's a hard penalty. You have to have some reasonable uh, basis for not filing. Yeah. You know, not paying yeah. and not filing are two different things. And the not filing, I mean, we all know the deadlines, you well, know I mean, it's due. If you're tax prepared. Yeah. So I mean you gotta have a hurricane, you gotta have yeah. a storm, you gotta have but, you know, something major has gotta happen for you to in normal situations. Yeah, in normal situations yeah. for you to get that. But now something um, did happen. Yeah. COVID. I think the cutoff date, I may be wrong on this, but I think the cutoff date was September thirtieth. So if you file before September thirtieth, twenty twenty two, the nineteen and twenty tax returns. And I guess even the 21, if you filed it up before then, if you didn't get an extension, then you would automatically get the failure to file penalty, which basically is going to be 25% of the tax liability if you owe. Yeah. So that's pretty yes. significant. Two years. It's 19 and 20. 20. Right. Yeah. I just wanted to verify. So it's, that's a pretty good little, little penalty relief provision that was put in the act. So there was a little positive there. Not much of a trade-off for the IRS ramping up, but still it's something. So, because those penalties, as we know, we deal with it every day. The penalties are are not easily abated. No. I mean, it requires a no. lot of effort and work yeah. to get those penalties abated. So, right. uh, for them to automatically grant it without you having to do much is is pretty. It's pretty significant. So, anything else in the act? I think we covered it all, huh? Well, I mean, uh, there's all kinds of crazy stuff in there, but I mean, those are the highlights that are relevant to this podcast. Again, I, with it just, I really feel like what's going to happen fast is audits. I really feel like that's coming after file, after the midterms. Once we get through the election cycle, audits are going to be the thing because they're easy to start with a paper. Paper, like you said, computer comparison, throws out the paper, bubbles it up, and people are going to start what I predict. I'm not a prophet, but what I predict is Lots of notices going out. Hey, we propose this change to your tax return. Hey, we see this problem with your filing, and that's going to yes. lead to the next phase. If if we're not, people are not responsive, or and if you don't respond, then basically you've acquiesced, and they're going to start collecting the, the tax bills that they uh, quote unquote propose. You know, so yeah, anyway, yeah. I think those are the highlights. I mean, we can move on to, and all of that dove, dovetails into what we do, right? So if you need help. Why Bryson? Like, why, why do you need the next topic is, yeah. why should you hire an attorney? Well, I think the first point would be kind of to maybe back up a second is that 
what I would want to convey, of course, I'd want to convey higher prices, but, uh, but other than that, I mean, what I would want to convey. It's a little self-serving. Yeah. No, if you have a tax issue, a problem, mm -hmm. whether you have a liability that you owe, mm -hmm. uh, or if you have returns that are not filed, you know, I think in the, in this country, because of the last couple of years, the IRS has basically really been shut down. Definitely. I mean sleep, whatever, on pause because due to COVID. So I think we've kind of been lulled into this false sense of security that, oh, it's going to be okay. My caution to everyone would be, I think that's coming to an end. Uh, I think it's time, if you have a problem, mm -hmm. uh, or if you think you have a problem, whether it be owing, if you have a tax liability that you know you owe, right, uh, or if you have returns that need to be filed, or both, I think now is the time to get ahead of the curve, to take care of your problem. Clock is ticking. Yes. And then I guess the question is, you know, back to why, what, you know, is who are you going to get to take care of the problem? And we could jokingly say about Brian Bryson, but, but I would say is to hire someone local. And I think uh, one of the points I wanted to make uh, about the act with new agents it's going to focus, it's going to go back to how it was 10 or 15 years ago when it was really the local person who knew the local revenue officers on the door. who knew that they knocked on the door. Yeah. And we, we know the local people, you know, we know yeah. we deal with them every day. It would be another reason to hire because of this ramping up. I would stay away and I caution, you know, and all my, I know every if you've ever listened to this. No, I agree with you. I mean, heard me caution you're about. Right. You're right. Uh, not hiring these national companies or even even companies from out of state, lawyers from out of state or the national marketing companies, whoever it is, I would be very leery of doing that with these IRS ramping up because you, they can't react as quick. Well, they're not as responsive. And they don't know, they don't know, they don't have a personal relationship. I think there's probably not a revenue officer in Louisiana, Texas, Mississippi Pretty that we've not dealt with yeah. in the Southeast because you know, we've been doing it for so long and all the new ones are coming and we meet them as soon as they get out. Mm -hmm. uh, I would encourage uh, that. Yeah. I mean, if you, stay go, local. if you go Google, you know, tax help or whatever, you're going to get, uh, hopefully Bryson, but you're going to get at all national companies that are popping up who yeah. are paying millions, literally millions of yeah, dollars right. to reach people all over the country. And there's, just based on our personal experience, I mean, 25 plus years doing this, there's not a lot of accountability with those folks. And we've seen, heard, and met with a lot of people who have hired one of those people or played this uh, all and, the that, time. and that got, spent a bunch of money, got nothing done, and then came to see us once they heard about us. So, yeah, you're right. I mean, I think we're at the 11th hour with regard to enforcement and anybody who's got a question about whether they're compliant. They owe, they probably should start the process of getting yeah. some, some help. It's, yeah, because yeah. I, I do think the IRS is going to wake it's up. It's coming after it, the midterms. They, yeah. I think I mean, they're going to wake like up. In the, it's coming. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and it's not going to take long. Oh, they could spin up pretty quickly. I mean, don't underestimate their ability to, to spin some things up. Oh, I think up. so. They certainly spun down pretty quickly when the COVID hit. I can tell you that. But uh, yeah. I, yeah, I think they're getting ready to come yeah. back in full force. Along the same vein about hiring local. Uh, I would encourage people to also hire attorneys, whether it be Bryson Law Firm or other lawyers who do this. 
and of course I'm biased toward lawyers, but, but I, I will tell you that one of the main things for me about hiring attorneys, I know there's some points, maybe I'll let Angie cover those in the paperwork. Here. I want to do that in the third one. Okay. But first, before we do this, I want to say something that's not included. Uh, and it's what I tell people all the time is to, like, uh, why do we need a lawyer? Why, why not a CPA or why not this enrolled agent? Or you why need not a CPA. This? Yes. I'm not you saying you don't stuff. need a CPA. Yeah. I mean, but I'm talking about not for filing. For I'm talking right. about for a good for, accounting yes. work, solid tax prep. Yeah. Yes. And resolution uh, work. You need good work. Right. right. But for the resolution work, and I think it really boils down to the fact in my mind that lawyers, uh, you know, through training and through school, are trained to represent third parties in an adversarial situation. Mercenary. Yeah, yeah basically mercenaries, right? <laughs> Pretty much what we are, hired guns, right? Pretty relevant. But we are trained that way. And and I think it's very important. And I think as the IRS ramps up, it's going to even become more important because I think mm -hmm. you're going to have to have people who are experienced in dealing uh, because the IRS uh, can be very aggressive and can be very misleading. Can be. Like, yeah. Uh, about things. And if you, if you have someone who doesn't know the law and doesn't know your rights as a client, right. Uh, who doesn't know the law and doesn't know all the options available. Right. And I think lawyers do, I think we're trained and we study and that's what we have to do with all our required study and everything. We know that all the options, we know how that's to use all the, we you know, know how law. to use right. all the options. Yeah. And we know how to use the law in the favor. We're just trained in that way. And I, I think other professions although they may do good or may not or whatever, but I think they lack that training of how to represent a represent third party, a third party an advocate. in an adversarial situation. I, yeah. I think that's kind of where, where the difference in getting a lawyer. And I know, so we talked about, we know all the options, we know the law. Right. So, you know, we do know the law, right? So we've been doing this for 20 plus, 25 plus years or whatever. Uh, we are old, but I think what, I don't want to get too granular in the law, but what a lot of people don't understand or realize when you represent a typical client, let's just say you're the defendant in a case because our clients, taxpayers would be defendants. They're defending themselves against whatever the IRS is proposing. Normally, the person who's making the accusation has the burden of proving it. So like, yeah, I've got to prove that Gary Bryson owes me this money in a typical debtor creditor situation. Well, it's the whole script is flipped with the IRS. So you've got to prove that you don't owe it, or you've got to prove through the negative. Yeah. They have shifted the burden of proof to the person who's defending themselves here, the taxpayer. And that's important to understand because when that happens and you, if you don't have someone who's trained in representing and proving your position, essentially, a non-attorney, you're already at a disadvantage, right? You're maybe putting yourself at a, a further, you're just another disadvantage. You're kind of enhancing the, the disadvantage. So I know that's a little granular, but um, oh, that's a good point, it's a though. big one for Very me these days point. because the whole technology world has, should have, should change this, but it's a whole different legal analysis discussion is because it's kind of like a fundamental you know how yeah. I like to get into the, to and the, also knowing, uh, you know, tying onto that, just knowing that your client has the burden of proof and then what it's going to take right. to fulfill to or sustain that burden of proof. Right. And never giving up. And, ne and knowing when you have it and you don't, 
and what to do with it when you don't and what you do with it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to make you tell me no over and over, over and over and over. And going to the different. Like, I'm not going to stop at the, the first letter yeah. that says, uh, uh-uh, you know? Yeah. I can tell you probably wrote this, some of this because I see, uh, your favorite, your pet peeve. So I'm going to let you talk about your holistic approach. Oh, yeah. That's the one I wanted to. I know. So we're going to jump know. ahead a little bit. I feel like what I've seen over the last several years is uh, when folks try to tackle their tax problems, um, either outside of, you know, with themselves or with, a, you know, another representative, the biggest mistake and what we are so good at doing, mostly because we've practiced so long at this, is taking a holistic approach to, to what's in front of us. And by that is you've really got, and we had a whole internal discussion with all the attorneys here and everyone agreed that that was our kind of like, other than being of, of utmost ethics and whatnot, that was really what we're really good at. Looking at the whole picture and dissecting each tax period, creating a, a holistic approach for each period, because some it's important to look at each one and analyze everything. If you over six years, you need a, you can't look at it as a whole. You've got to drill down in each tax period. You've got to figure out if there's a unique solution that we can create for that one that'll save the taxpayer money here, maybe guard the taxpayer while we work on the other periods and look at the accounting system, look at all at their accounting system. Can we fix some things that will avoid you know, taxable taxability in the future. Can we fix some things with the accounting system that'll get a better resolution? Because that's a possibility too. Can we lay low and let some statutes expire because the IRS is slow and take advantage of their slowness while those debts just expire and go away and then tackle the newer ones? We do that a lot. Can we make voluntary payments while we negotiate to minimize penalties and interest. I mean, there are so many scenarios under this holistic approach. I could do this all day, literally. Mm -hmm. And so it is what jazzes me up. I know I'm not really a tax nerd, but it, what I love about that approach is that it's the most helpful and most beneficial for the client. And we've seen amazing results by taking that, yeah. that approach. I mean, it's also the shotgun approach. You just shoot it out. Well, and have the ability to, yeah, to see right. that. And kind of my pet peeve, what kind of ties into that. So I guess we say the same thing, but just a little differently. The thing that I enjoy, I think the most from the practice is, and when representing clients, you know, it's not only, not only fixing their problem you yeah, know, oh, because yeah. you change, you know, it's, a, change it's lives. mostly life changing right. for, for a lot of clients, but it's also identifying the why. Why do we have this tax issue? What caused it? And let's make sure that's fixed yeah. before we fix the problem. Right. Because if we don't, and, and so many times I see people have fixed the problem, but they didn't fix the cause. Mm -hmm. And it just goes right back to the problem. It starts all over. Again. Starts all over. And that's not what I'm about or what I think we're about. I mean, if we're going to fix it, I'm going to fix it once and for all and be yeah. done. But just kind of to get in that cycle where you just, you know, you're creating, you're, you're paying the old and, and right. creating new. Right. It's actually more detrimental to you because you get a brand new statute every time you create a new one. But anyway, to think that we also take this holistic approach, identify all the options right. and the best options, but we also figure out why. why. The why. why. And, you're right. And we fix the why. Uh, that's a really good point. And that takes time though, right? So Very much, yes. Back to the original discussion about finding a local 
professional to help you. You know, you've got to get personal with the tax problem. You can't treat it as a cookie cutter kind of, you owe the tax, you put you in a payment plan. I mean, to, to get down to this holistic type of approach and the why, you've got to listen, you've got to study a little study and understand the client and what their outcome goals are mm -hmm. to get there. And, and that, think, that takes a personal approach. And I think also just to tie back in, since we're tying back in this whole conversation, I think it goes back to local because I think they have to understand the culture. I mean, you know, when you're talking to, you know, the crawfish farmer, the cattle farmer, the oil field worker, yeah, the consultant we, who's in, you know, we know, right. we know all the, we know what's going on out there. We right. know how it works and right. how it doesn't work. And or what's if going you on. don't know, ask, yeah. like have a, an hour long conversation. Tell right. me about your life. Tell me how we got here. Tell me what's your dream. What do you want me to do for you? You know, what's the outcome goal that you, yeah, right. So that's it. I mean, holistic approach. And, and then we know the law. I mean, there's just so many, so many variables. And, and the big one for me is, is being able to advocate for people to come in and step between the IRS and the taxpayer to give them some breathing room, take the fear away. So, cause fear causes paralysis, right? Yes. And it's a human instinct to, to shut down whenever you you feel like you're vulnerable. So those are things that we're all, we're trained to do. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that's about Wrap it. Up. I think it is anything else about the Inflation Reduction Act that we need to talk about. I think we're done unless you yeah, jumped all over the place. Unless you want to talk about something else. Uh, no. I think I'm good. Hunting? Hey, yes. We can always talk about that. It's that time of year. It, <laughs> it is, is that time of yeah, year. Football, hunting, and the weather is wonderful today. Yes. So everybody's football smiling. Is back. Weather's good. Yeah. Hunting yeah. season started. Let's yeah. do it, huh? All right. Well, I guess until next time, talk at tax, Bryson Law Firm, and the Inflation Reduction Act. Uh, if we can uh, be of any help to you guys, give us a buzz on brysonlawfirm.com or uh, and reach out to us. There's a submission form on there. Just fill it out. Somebody will call you pretty quickly. And um, if anything, just, just do something, right? Yep. Yep. Until next time, see Thank you guys you. later.